Hey, Money Bosses, welcome back. Marcy Amar and I are continuing our conversation in our deep dive session. Marcy Amar is family communication coach and we just spend um, quite some time really understanding the dynamic it takes and the steps that any family can start implementing if they want to improve their communication all together in particular around our finances. So Marcy, welcome back. Uh, so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been fun so far. <laughs> yeah. So how about we shift gears a little bit? We kind of talked about, you know, the, the more high level uh, sort of ideas and, and, and steps. I am dying to see what are some of the practical things <laughs> you actually have learned in all of the, all of the, you know, three decades that you've done this work and I'm sure your family too. So like, give us the juicy stuff. <laughs> So um, I have developed this checklist that I call the Tough Talks Checklist, and it walks you through step-by-step step what things to consider, to keep in mind, and to do as you're having these conversations that might not be the most comfortable, right? Or that might be difficult to approach or to start. So like we said in the prior interview, it all starts with reviewing and clarifying your values. So before you have any conversation that might become uncomfortable, that might be a touchy subject, or that might be difficult to approach, the first thing is sit down yourself and make sure you're clear on what your family values are, this conversation that you're about to have, and what you think the best outcome for the conversation is. How does it really fit into the family values that you have agreed upon, the, um, the clarity that you have laid out before, right? If you haven't done that yet, then that's obviously the first step. And this should be your first tough conversation is how do we set our family values and what are our family values going to be? But anytime you're going to approach a tough conversation, that is always the first step, right? So review and clarify your values and how does this conversation align? with your family values, right? The second thing is make sure you have really, really, really clearly established what the specific purpose of this conversation is going to be. And let me explain. Not um, very often, the problem that leads us to have the conversation is not going to be resolved in that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So very, very often we might want to start a conversation because we think our spouse is spending too much or we think that, I don't know, we're not investing, whatever the conversation might be. And we might think, okay, I need to have this conversation so that we can get the spending under control, right? But especially if this is the first time you're approaching the topic, you might not solve the spending problem in one conversation. You might need to have several conversations, right? So be really clear about what final outcome you want out of this conversation. It might simply be to make sure that you hear the other person's point of view and make sure they hear yours, right? It might be to simply bring down emotions to a level where you can later on have a better conversation about it, right? It might be to connect more so that you can then have the conversation about improving spending. It might just be to review the values so that then later on, right? So be really, really clear on what the final outcome is because very, very often, you're not going to be able to solve the issue that led you to have the conversation in that one conversation. And you need to decide, okay, what's more important to me? Having a connected, calm, peaceful environment or solving this particular problem, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
and you will get to solving it, but you need to make sure you don't put this in danger. So you need to be really, really clear, right? Mm -hmm. About what you're going to, what you want to, your end, the end result to be at the end of the conversation. The third step is to make sure that you agree on an appropriate time and place for the conversation. And I can't stress this enough. And it sounds simple, it sounds basic, and it is. But how often do you hear wives complain, I'm trying to talk to him and he doesn't listen to me and I have to get on his face. The poor guy is tired. He's sitting down trying to enjoy his football game. He's focused on it. And you're trying to talk to him right in the middle of that important play where his team is about to lose the ball, whatever it is, right? So think about that. And if you're having the conversation with a teenager, it's even more important. You, you have no idea how often kids feel or teenagers in particular feel like you're just springing things on them, trying to catch them on off guard. And they think you're doing it on purpose so that you can get the upper hand, right? Mm -hmm. Because they feel like you're just bringing these things on them. Mm -hmm. So tell them, look, I would love to have a conversation about whatever. I want to make sure that we can really listen to each other. So what do you think would be the best time to talk about this, right? If you're talking to a teenager, don't ask, what do you think is gonna be the best time? <laughs> Give two options, right? Because if you ask a teenager, what's the best time? It's never no. gonna be. Right? So for a teenager and even preteens, give them two options. Say, okay, we read, I would really love to talk to you about this. I want to understand where you're at on this. Would it be better to talk after dinner in your room or would you prefer to go have a coffee at Starbucks tonight and then we can talk, right? Or whatever, whatever works best for you. So give them two options. Don't ask when the best time is if it's a teenager. And sometimes that works well with adults too. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> now, when the time comes for the actual conversation, there are two acronyms I'm going to throw your way, right? The first thing is I say do a static check, right? So sometimes when we're conversing on the internet or um, watching something on TV, static comes and it makes it really hard to really listen or understand what is being said on the other end, right? So the same thing in a conversation, static is actually an acronym and it stands for sidelines, technology, assumptions, thoughts, intent, and context, right? And it sounds like a lot to look at, but they all kind of blend together. So the first one is sidelines. If you're going to, if you're trying to have a good conversation, but the TV is on in the other room, right? Or you're trying to have a conversation and you're sitting in a busy place where people are walking back and forth. That's going to detract from your attention and the other person's, right? So when you select the place and the time, make sure that the sidelines are clear, that there's nothing in the 360 view that is going to make you look somewhere else. Because we've all had conversations where we're over here and the person is like this right? Mm -hmm. Or the opposite. They're talking to us and we're like looking everywhere, but where we're supposed to be looking. So check the sidelines. Technology is obvious. If you are really intent on having this tough conversation, turn off your device. Ask the other person if they would be willing to do the same. Unless there's this huge, like you're expecting a huge important call from your kid or something, don't even put it in vibrate, turn it off, put it away, put it in the other room, make sure that it's not gonna become a distraction, right? Check your assumptions. 
if you enter the conversation assuming that the other person um, is never going to understand you or assuming that the other person is just so set in their own ways they're never going to change or assuming that the other person is out to get you or the other person is just so angry that's going to make the conversation impossible on both ends right so check your assumptions and try to just remove them unless you have asked them and they have told you yes i'm angry you don't know that for sure right so just remove it from your thoughts right the next one is thoughts which is a little different from assumptions right so assumptions is what you think the other person might be bringing in thoughts is what you are bringing in right so what are your perceptions do you already have a laid out plan of how you think the conversation is going to go and you've already pre-played in your head everything that you're going to say and that the other person is going to say, remove all those things, right? Go in, try to go in there and it's difficult. It takes time and practice, right? But try to go in the conversation without any kind of preconceived notion of how the conversation is going to end up or what you're going to say when go really there with and that's the next one intent with the intent to listen and to understand right so the intent of the conversation for you needs to be to listen and understand the more you listen and you try to understand the more the other person is going to eventually reciprocate and it might take some practice for the other person to see you but it will happen and then the context is be aware if the person starts getting tense if the person starts getting like they're about to pounce, if you see them go into silence and they're no longer talking, then they're not feeling safe, right? Mm -hmm. And that might be a moment to stop the conversation, let them know that you're noticing that they're uncomfortable, right? And ask them, do you want to continue this conversation later? Maybe, right? But be aware of those things, right? Then the other acronym, this is my main framework for any tense situation or any tough conversation. It's AIR-3. And it's AI and three R's, that's why the three. The A is acknowledge, which we've talked about throughout, right? So make sure that the other person knows you understand them and that you know where they're coming from. Tell them flat out, I know you feel, or I can sense that you feel, or I think you might be, right? And let them know what your assessment is of their current state and give them time to correct you, right? So you might say, I, I feel like you are angry and stop. 99 times out of 100, if they are not angry, they're going to say something like, no, I wouldn't say angry. I'm more frustrated, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you have the answer without having to ask them. But if they are angry, they're either gonna go, mm -hmm, right? Or they're gonna say, you bet I'm angry. And they're gonna confirm what you thought they were feeling. So either way, you're going to know how they feel after you acknowledge and you give them time, right? Then inquire, so ask, and what exactly made you get angry? Just how angry are you? What was it that prompted that anger? Do you often feel that way? right so you ask them questions to get them to vent and open up now this is the point where you have to develop a little bit of thick skin right you have to let them vent you have to let them if they're angry be angry 
even if it's your team. <laughs> you have to let them tell you how they really feel and ask more questions to invite more of that information, right? And in the inquiring stage, your best friend is going to be tell me more, right? So the more they vent, the more you're gonna see that the tension lessens, right? But until they're completely like this, and notice they go from like to, until they do that, they really haven't released everything. So until you get to that spot, tell me more, right? And in between the questions, you reflect. Now reflect, think of a mirror, right? If you stand in front of a mirror, it's going to give back to you the same image you present, yes? So in reflecting, you are throwing back at them the same thing they just told you. So let's say they tell you, oh, I'm just upset because you're always spending money without consulting me. And then when I go buy the groceries, there isn't any money left. And then I'm embarrassed because the card is declined and blah, 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 right? You say as close as you can, but calmly. So let me make sure I got this right. You are upset because you feel that I spend money without consulting you. And then you're embarrassed when there's no money on the card and you go try to use it. That's it, right? You're repeating what they told you. But again, that's going to invite either the correction or the confirmation. So they're either going to say, yeah, that's how I feel. Or they're going to say, no, 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 wait. That's not what I meant, <laughs> right? And that is going to help you clarify everything, right? And as they clarify and as they tell you, you need to respect. Now, here's, this is key. You can't, nobody can tell you how to feel, but you can't tell anybody else how to feel either, mm -hmm. right? If you're sad, you're sad. If you're angry, you're angry. If you're upset, you're upset. So refrain from telling them, oh, but you shouldn't feel angry. Or really, you're angry because of that? That's silly, right? We tend to do those things, and we don't mean to um, offend or to make things worse, but we do. So when they tell you they're angry, take it. They're angry, right? and they're allowed to feel angry or sad or frustrated or whatever it is that they feel in the same way that you are. So make sure that you are respecting what they feel, right? And then the last star is repeat. As often as you need to, repeat the process. So go back to acknowledging, okay, so you were feeling or you are feeling upset. Can you explain to me, whatever, ask another question and keep going through the cycle again until you feel that release where everybody is no longer tense, mm -hmm. right? And you're probably gonna feel exhausted, <laughs> but it's done. That's the point when you know it's done. And at that point, that's when you need to think back, okay, my purpose was not to solve this today. My purpose was to understand one another and now we do. So let's end it here, right? And let's come back to this later, mm -hmm. but if the person is ready to continue the conversation, then you tell your side of the story, but always start with the facts. Don't start with, oh, you always do. No, what are the facts? I noticed that when I went to buy the groceries, the money was gone. And I would love to understand where the money went. Those are facts, right? They're not emotion, they're facts. So when you go to tell your side, Try to remove a little bit from the emotion and just give the facts, right? And then finally, um, invite in the conversation suggestions and ideas. But whenever possible, let the other person give theirs first and ask permission to give yours, mm -hmm. right? The reason for that 
is it's going to invite that reciprocity that I mentioned before, right? So, I mean, put yourself in the situation. I'm asking you, okay, so what do you think we can do? And you give me your ideas and I'm listening and I'm intently paying attention and you get to the point where you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. I've already told you all my ideas. Would it be okay if I gave you some of my ideas and then we talked about them, right? Mm -hmm. So that get, ask for permission is not like submissive, like a, no, it's make sure that they understand that you're respecting what they said and that you wanna make sure they're in a space to hear what you have to say. And then you can plan the path to the solution after that. I love these, I love these steps, Marcy. I definitely, um, I love the fact that it's, um, it, it's the, the one per, you know, one of the people in a conversation is taking the charge to do this. And like, this was sort of running in the back of my head the whole, the whole time we're having these conversations, I'm listening to what you're sharing. It feels like the, there's definitely, in order for things to improve, one person has to start taking the steps, right? Because, and, and that could be difficult at times, right? Like you're, angry with somebody like I am going to have it my way and you know the highway <laughs> versus sorry I, I didn't mean to interrupt you but that's part of what makes communication so important but at the same time so difficult right mm -hmm. because conversation doesn't happen by yourself but the only one that you can truly control and that you truly know what is thinking and feeling it's you mm -hmm. right so the only way to have productive conversations is to keep yourself in check, right? And to allow yourself to be the one that is calm and in control and invite the other person to let everything out first and then they're ready to hear you, right? And it can be hard because what are we trained to do? We're trained to argue and we're trained to argue from day one. And part of the problem, I mean, as parents, we invite that behavior most of the time, right? Because what do we do? It's time to shower. I don't want to shower. You need to shower. No, but I really don't want to shower. But I'm telling you, you need to shower. And we engage in this back and forth and we're teaching our kids to argue. And then we complain when they're teenagers and they want to argue with us, right? But if instead we remain calm and yeah, I understand you don't want to shower. I know it's not something you enjoy, but you have two choices. You can shower now, or you can shower in five minutes after I gather your clothes and bring them to the bathroom. Those are your choices. And you walk away. There's no argument. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, I'm starting to see more and more of this now with Liam is he's, you know, I have to call him like, okay, we're going to brush your teeth. Okay, five minutes. And I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, are you understanding what I'm saying? Like, are you too young? They're like, all right, you have five minutes. Let's go. Brush your teeth. Get in, you know. And I mean, he does. Like, I think he can hear it in my in my tone of voice. If something is like, why is she screaming? Or he's like, or he's not screaming, but yelling. Um, but I'm like, okay. And I find myself guilty at times. I'm like, okay, I don't think that's the right way to do it. Think like, okay, check. Check yourself. Like, so yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting dynamic. Even with such a small kids. Yeah, and they learn it from babies, right? From the moment they're babies. So that's another good question to ask yourself as you set your family values, right? What kinds of interactions do we want to have? And if we decide that we want to have open, peaceful interactions, then we need to start by establishing some clear things, right? And we are not going to argue back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. And to your little kid, it's okay to tell him, I'm not going to let you do that. I love you, but I'm not going to let you do that. We're going to do this. 
-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, true, true. Okay, I'm, I'm working on it. a little bit, but. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I still have ways until I have to like, there's your choices, but pretty much I'm starting to kind of show that um, in different situations, for sure. Just trying to be creative. All right, I'm definitely, um, we've learned a lot and I've got a ton of notes, Marcy, from, from, from your uh, presentation. So thank you so much again for sticking around to the second session. Please again, share with everyone how they can be in touch with you. Uh, well, again, the website, marciamaro.com, there's contact information there, resources, anything that you might need. And then um, Facebook and Instagram, just search for me, Marciamaro, and you'll find me there. Fantastic. And we'll include all of that again in the show notes. Thank you so much, Marcy. I've learned quite a bit for sure and going to implement as well. And I'm hoping our listeners too. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Bye. Bye.